Live on the Freak Radio Network, broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios, driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio redefined. With Kenny Sargent, Beijing Doctor Douchebag, Crash Gladys, get in crash position, and Statman. Don't overdrive the car. Here's the Freaks. Coming up, Freaks. Nation, happy Sunday nights to you as we get closer to a July 4th weekend. Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, Statman, the website speedfreaks.tv. 20 years of doing this damn thing, and it's a big old show for you tonight. Celebrating 20 years, and it feels like we've been celebrating 20 years for the last 20 years, Freak Nation. Mario Andretti (laughs) will be here in the Freak Nation. And Jade Gerse, one of the kindest, most influential uh, savvy, studied PR people in the history of PR and motorsports over the last 20, 25 years. Has and a new he's book also out. a book author. Yeah. Uh, new York Times bestselling author Jade Gerse will be joining us here in the Freak Nation. Stat, man, you got the COVID. How you doing? You doing all right, Stat? I'm doing okay. I tried to sneak a picture of uh, one of the deer eating out the bushes in the backyard but uh, he, when I raised the blinds, he switched around and looked at me like, come on, dude, you got to come better than that, and turned around and ran away. <laughs> yeah, what he means is if you're not planting the ganj, then there's no point in him coming to your yard anymore. What the hell does that mean? Statman's <laughs> feeding deer weed? Yes, that's yeah. what they want. That's what everybody wants these days. <laughs> yeah, you know, you got you to you scare away Bambi. I mean, what more can you do? You know, that, that's how I started my day. speaking of freak nation it's the strangest thing that what we do here with the freaks with the technology nowadays you can travel anywhere and you brought up deer and i was thinking about bambi and smoking weed uh we are in where is this going we go from one covid hot spot to another we crasher and yours truly are based in arizona Statman is in columbus ohio our home base for where we send the show live every Sunday night is in San Francisco. But tonight we're in another hot spot. We're in South Texas, South Padre Island. <laughs> Keep on our ass, you know, 20 feet away from people on the beach, damn it. But my point is this. Traveling last night, we drove from Arizona. We, we camped out, okay, in Hilton, in El Paso. That drove from El Paso to South Padre Island last night or yesterday afternoon and through the night. Uh, we saw numerous Bambis on the road, stat man. We didn't stop to give these cats any any ganj or any weed, but damn it, there were times when I was on this you know two lane highway, highway thirty and forty seven and one seventy seven, that I should have been on. I felt like I was on the ganj, stat man. Well, they probably the one this morning was probably saying, "Hey, if you ain't good enough to stop for my cousins, forget you. <laughs> I ain't posing for one of your pictures." And he turned and ran away. That's what the problem was. I thought it was me sneaking up the blinds, but it's all your fault. <laughs> a busy weekend for NASCAR, Freak Nation. Oh the NHRA says, yes, we're still going to get underway. You see where the IndyCar series says, yes, we still plan on having 175,000 of you at the end of August. Unless things have changed no. in the last 24 hours. No, when it comes to IndyCar and the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and of course you're talking about the rescheduled Indy 500, 
they are giving fans until July 6th to let them know of their intentions, whether they feel comfortable going, whether they're okay with just 50%, because nobody's going to get more than 50% of their season ticket allotment. So, yeah, we, we may know more after July 6th, but right now, yeah, they're saying we're pushing ahead, but you need to tell us what you're going to do. You ticket, you current ticket holders need to tell us what you're going to do. And, oh, by the way, we can't honor any more than 50% of what you currently have purchased. There you go, Statman. Common sense or maybe not common sense or maybe six feet of common sense for social distancing for you. There's no common sense about anything in America right now, period. Let me mark that down. That is uh, it's a Sunday night, June 28th. Statman dropped it out there is if you want to find some if you want to find common sense, you need to go to the dictionary or better yet <laughs> in, in this day and age, go to urban dictionary. I'm sure there's something uh, something kind of nasty and gnarly in urban dictionary that fits more with where we are today when it comes to common sense. Yeah. I know there's one other place you might be able to find common sense and that's in the change cup in your car for the parking meter. Other than that, there's no common sense in America. Step man, you're not talking to millennials though. They don't carry money anymore. They don't even have a change cup. Hold on. We, we got to resume with some more affiliates here in the freak nation. And I, cause I know that's, that's worthy of about a four minute comment from Statman, So I had to cut him off on that one. Oh, Coming up freak nation, Mario Andretti. Again, one of the greatest drivers in the history of mankind will be joining us here in the Freak Nation. Speed Freaks, we promise to suck less. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined the Freaks. Resetting with a number of affiliates here in the Freak Nation. Thank you guys for being a part of this big old thing. you got Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Coming up in about 20 minutes, the greatest racer of all time. The greatest race car driver of all time. Who is that? Mario Andretti. No argument. Well, at least from the three of us, possibly. And coming up in the second hour, Jay Gerst, one of the greatest PR people in the history of mankind. A great book on Dale Earnhardt Jr. And now a new book on... John Andretti. Speaking of Andretti. Yeah, he'll be joining us in the second hour. Kevin Harvick with a big win in Pocono. As we said in the first six minutes of the show, Crasher, the IndyCar Series moving ahead with that August Indy 500. Yep, August 23rd. How about that for your face in a mask and about 100 degrees with humidity? Doesn't doesn't that sound appealing, Freak Nation? Bottom line, though, yes, a a letter was sent out to all ticket holders, basically 175,000-plus ticket holders as of this point, saying that, yes, we plan to go forward with the Indy 500, the rescheduled Indy 500, on August 23rd, yet we can only honor 50% of your current purchases with tickets. So people have until July 6th to let the IMS ticket department know, are you okay with just 50%? And if you need more, you're going to have to purchase them in another area of the track. And are you okay with that? And oh, by the way, they're not going to have stormtroopers. Yes, that was the word used by Mark Miles or the two words used by Mark Miles. They will not have stormtroopers out in the grandstands to enforce wearing masks. Come on. But but they highly, hold on, but they highly (laughs) recommend them because that is the state and local mandate. Storm troopers is what? That is what Mark Miles Mark said. Mark Miles yes. used? 
because he was asked in a recent press conference, how are you going to enforce people wearing masks in August at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway? And he said, well, we're not going to have stormtroopers out there to enforce their use, <laughs> but we would think that people would be would be intelligent enough to wear them. Hey, that, that's levity because that doesn't sound serious because you use, you refer stormtroopers. We know the popularity of Star Wars. Maybe that's what the hell they ought to do. Yeah. Right? Hey, you didn't. You didn't listen. I told you there's no common sense in America. <laughs> you did say that. You did say that. No, there's not. I mean, the, the whole common sense actually can go back to, do you really, you need to wear a face mask these days, period. Do you really want to wear one on August 23rd in humid hellhole of Indianapolis? No. I really want to hear from Mario Andretti, and he's coming up yes. in about 12 minutes here in the Freak Nation. Thank you guys for being a part of this big old thing from the Lucas Oil Studios. A big, big show for you tonight. The Freak Nation, Lucas Oil Studios, Speed Freaks Pits. Yup! Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. The summer, it's quickly approaching, and General Tire wants to put some money back in your pockets. Because now, through April 30th, with the purchase of four new qualifying General Tire passenger tires, you'll receive up to a $70 Visa prepaid gift card. Choose from the Summer Ultra High Performance G-Max RS, the All-Season Ultra High Performance G-Max AS05, and the All-Season Touring Altimax RT43 lines. So prepare to prove that anywhere is possible this summer with General Tire. For more information, visit GeneralTire.com. General Tire, driving speed freaks for 20 years car not performing right a dirty fuel system damages gas mileage and even your engine over time but lucas fuel treatment can clean and lubricate that fuel system the fuel pump fuel injectors even carburetors and valves as you drive it's designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines lucas fuel treatment it works Hey, it's Crasher from The Freaks, and what if I told you the best burger you can buy to cook on your grill or stovetop, it was available in your favorite grocery store? Well, it is, and it's Bubba Burger. Just how awesome does a sweet onion Bubba Burger sound about now? Oh, my favorite, jalapeno burgers, Angus burgers, all natural Bubba Burgers. Watching your caloric intake? Then grab the reduced fat and the turkey Bubba Burgers, all in your local grocery store. When you need a delicious burger for your weekend cookout, the answer is Bubba Burger. You'll never bite a better burger than a Bubba. Introducing Lucas Oil Racing TV, your exclusive, unlimited, 24-7 motorsports app. Now you can watch all your favorite motorsports anytime, anywhere. Get the finest in grassroots racing, national events, live coverage, behind-the-scenes action, and interviews you won't see anywhere else. There's also automotive how-to shows and some of motorsports' biggest names like Dave Disbane, hosting the legends and current superstars of racing. For more information, visit lucasoilracing.tv. Lucas Oil Racing TV. Grab it and hold on tight. The Coxville Blockers, the Albuquerque Chupacabras, and the Arizona Pricks? Yeah, we got your attention now, don't we? These aren't real sports teams, but they are some of the most creative and funny sports logo t-shirts from awesome sports logos. Each team has a history and a meaning behind it, like the Akron Rubbers, the Boston Accents, or the Cape Cod Scrod. And these t-shirts are awesome, made with the highest quality, 100% cotton available, and are just stupid soft. Grab your favorite city's t-shirt now at awesomesportslogos.com and get... Awesome. Mav TV, your destination for all things motorsports. TV home to all of the Lucas Oil Motorsports. Mav TV televises off road, modifieds, motocross, pro polling, and world rally championships, to name a few. Mav TV is also home to the favorite enthusiast shows such as My Classic Car, Chop Cut Rebuild, Full Custom Garage, Gears, and much more. Mav TV is available nationwide on DirecTV, Verizon, and on most cable providers. Visit mavtv.com for more racing information and to demand. 
your Mav TV. You're listening to Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio Redefined. Nation coming up, Mario Andretti. I don't think there's any argument there. Well, hell, he was voted what the greatest driver of the decade, the driver of the century, the century, all of the 1900s. Mario Andretti, greatest driver. He'll be joining us here in the Freak Nation, and the significance of that stat, man, is we had a chance to what we thought was going to be about 30 minutes with Mario turned out to be about an hour as we celebrate 20 years of the freaks and stat that was about an hour with step excuse me with mario andretti on a zoom call or a video call that we will be putting out there on all of our social media platforms stat that was an incredible conversation with an incredible man driver of the century we could also say he was probably the phone answer or the voicemail of the century also Yes, he was. Are Have you found that, Kenny? Uh, you guys keep bringing it up. You're putting the pressure on me, man. <laughs> I have stacks the highest, uh, thanks to Statman and his diligence in recording the damn show over 20 years. I have stacks and stacks of DVDs and CDs and so forth. I'm trying to find the damn thing. Trust me. But the bottom line <laughs> is we met Mario Andretti for the first time, well, as a show, I should say, in 2002. And I believe it was then that you had him, Kenny, you had him record the Speed Freaks office voicemail, and it was legendous. First of all, he's a one-take wonder. Don't need any more than that. Second of all, he ad-libs just fine, including adding, and they can carry something about carrying our jock strap. They're the only the only show that could carry my jock strap. And then he, at the end of it, he says, and you need to take him out to lunch. Yeah. <laughs> it was just excellence. Yeah, it is fan-freaking-tastic. Again, Mario Andretti coming up. Kevin Harvick, a big winner on Saturday afternoon for Pocono. Holy smokes, triple headers, quadruple headers. It's a big NASCAR weekend, Freak Nation. But can I get to something? It happened Sunday night, Statman, and I know your scat's coming up in regards to this, but it happened last Sunday night where we broke the news live on air with you, a black man talking about a noose that was found in the garage of Bubba, Bubba Wallace. Quickly, can you go that back? W- can, can you go back to when I brought that up first to you on air? The, your mental reaction. It was new to me because I hadn't kept up with the headlines while we were on the air, and to hear you say that, it was it was confusing, quite frankly. One, they were in Alabama, and it is NASCAR, and they do have a history, but they're trying to break that history, and more power to them. But uh, it, you just can't get away from it. Now, they FBI, we said the FBI would be there. The FBI was there. They said there was no hate crime. But And I'll deal with this a little in the scat. You have to wonder if everybody else just has a knot tied at the end of the rope and that somebody put a noose there, uh, that that just, of all the options to come up with to pull a rope and to close a door, to put a noose uh, is not where you want your 
organization to be after the history that they're trying to step out of. Exactly. Even if it was, as the FBI and NASCAR concluded, even if it was done last fall, 2019, it's still wrong. And that still shows a symbol of hatred that has to be removed from NASCAR. Now, here's something else I want to address because so much has evolved since we broke that story on our live show last Sunday. And yes, there this was an actual news, period. Nobody can argue that anymore. NASCAR has had several press conferences to discuss the timeline of what went down. And be- because of our social unrest going on in this country, and because of NASCAR recently banning the Confederate flag, this was a... It, maybe it was hypersensitive to discover this and say, oh, my gosh, we need to do something about it. But as, as well, this is just the state of the country that we're in right now. So NASCAR admitted, yes, maybe we should have said an alleged noose in our initial press release. OK, that's fine. The bottom line, though, guys, stop it with your stupid comparisons to Jesse Smollett on social media. Bubba Wallace did not set this up himself for a PR stunt. I'm tired of reading that. That is absolutely ridiculous, and even NASCAR addressed it on Wednesday, saying, if that's really what you think, after we are giving you the exact timeline and all the facts about how this absolutely came about, then you have other things wrong. It's extremely disappointing to read that. Stop the comparisons. Bubba Wallace had nothing to do with this. His team had nothing to do with this, except that one of his crew members reported it to NASCAR, and then NASCAR did an investigation. That is it. There were no mistakes made. NASCAR acted in the way that they believed that they should have, and they said they would do again in the future because looking at it, it looks like a noose. And guess what? What comes to mind when you see that is, number one, protect my driver, protect my series, and let's figure out the root of this. You would think, Statman Crasher, that given what transpired over last weekend and where we are now, that we would be ultra ultra sensitive even the most racist individuals might take a step back into the shadows but when a racetrack 311 raceway i believe it was called where is it yep 311 race yeah 311 speedway they're selling bubba ropes for 9.99 oh stop it crash it this was several days ago you didn't see this headline stat man you saw I this did. right i just thought that it was i thought that somebody else saw it and, and forced them to cancel well they I did just, they did they, okay. they're losing sponsorship but okay like i said stat man even the most racist uh individuals you think would take a step back into the shadows with the spotlight being put on uh, a topic such as this but not someone in north carolina no, I mean that it's it's sad to say. I mean there there are people with a person dying every 15 minutes because of the virus, the COVID-19. There are people who are saying that the the uh, virus is still a hoax and that the it perpetuated by the media and the Democrats. People are dying every 15 minutes in America because of the virus and there are people who still believe this. There are people who won't wear the masks, even though sci- the scientists are saying that's the easiest, the minimal thing you should do besides social distancing to fight off this deadly virus. And people still won't do it. So Americans are capable of anything. Again, there's no common sense in America right now, and uh, we have to deal with that. The common sense that we've had over the last 20 years can certainly be questionable with 
speed freaks. I wanted to turn the light on that and be a little, be a little lighthearted with that conversation because we're going to celebrate some of that. Earlier this week, we caught up with Mario Andretti, and you'll be able to see that video soon on all of our social media platforms. Some incredible insight from the greatest race car driver and one of the greatest American athletes of all time. He's going to join us for a couple of segments coming up. And next hour, Jade Gers wrote the book, Dale Earnhardt, number eight. And, of course, a new book. Racer with John Andretti. Yeah. Mario Andretti coming up next. Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. But first, your Statman Scat. Good evening, my fellow citizens. It's a Statman Scat. To provide guidance. Outrage rushed around the world last Sunday when news broke that a noose was found in the garage of NASCAR driver Daryl Wallace, the sport's only black driver. An FBI investigation, however, found that the noose-like knot was in the garage a year before Wallace was assigned the space at Talladega Speedway in Alabama. The freaks were among those who were outraged at the news, but even looking back, I, for one, still have questions about why a noose was used to pull a garage door down. Most garages have a simple knot tied at the end of a rope. Some use a plastic handle that offers more leverage to close a door. It was heartwarming to see so many of Daryl's contemporaries supporting him after news of the noose broke. The question remains, though, why a symbol of hate and death would be used in such an innocuous manner when other options are available. You can't overcome a past when that kind of attitude hovers into sport, Daryl or no Daryl. Peace. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Nation, coming up in just a moment, Mario Andretti, part of our 20-year celebration. And if you follow us on Twitter at Speed Freaks, Facebook, website speedfreaks.tv, our YouTube page as well, we will post the full video coming up soon. It's all based on when the hell I get my ass off the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, truth. Right. And consequences. Get off the beach. Hey. Well, this is going to be an amazing two segments coming up right now on Speed Freaks as we caught up with Mario Andretti on our 20-year anniversary, which was Thursday, June 25th. Yes, we started this crazy show, Speed Freaks, and you guys, the Freak Nation, on June 25th in the year 2000. And yeah, Mario Andretti has been one of our most frequent guests, one of our biggest supporters. So why not celebrate a huge anniversary, two decades worth of the Freak Nation with a guy who has incredible stories. And by the way, his memory is just, nothing has left his memory. (laughs) He remembers everything, whatever you ask. He's got an incredible story for it. So soon you will be able to see the video of this Zoom call that we had with Mario on all our social media platforms. But right now, here's just a little teaser of audio with the greatest driver of all time, the Freaks with Mario Andretti. Of course, Mario, over these 20 years when you've joined us, you mentioned some things in those 20 years, whether it was the killing of Osama bin Laden, the election of a first black president, uh, 9-11. Now we're in the pandemic situation, social unrest. But there are some positive things, including a first black president. But there are some positive things that have happened. And one of those is IndyCar and CART getting back together. 
and you were on the forefront of that madness. Do, do you remember all that craziness that was going on between those two series? Oh, indeed. I mean, uh, that's just what it is. Right about before your time, isn't it? Yeah, right. Yeah, and that's why I didn't mention that, that type of a pandemic. Uh, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> Those were, that was a tough period, really, uh, for one that uh, obviously, like myself and many, many others uh, who love the sport so much, to see it to be fractured to that degree um, uh, during those couple of years, you know, before everything started uh, coming together, uh, that uh, uh, that was not needed, obviously, but it happened. And uh, so, you know, finally a lot of things are, have come together since. Uh, just the fact that uh, now we have a new steward uh, with Roger Penske even, uh, you know, uh, owning the series and, and Indy itself, uh, I think that's a bright spot. Uh, I feel for Roger, obviously, that uh, after... Uh, you know, having done, uh, having exposed himself to that situation, uh, you know, he's has to deal with this pandemic. Uh, but, uh, you know, brighter days are ahead of us. And, uh, and if there's anyone who can uh, just uh, push us through all this, it's, uh, it's, it's him, uh, Roger, and, and his team. And so I think uh, we're at a good place. Like I said, uh, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And that's something to rejoice about, in my opinion. So... Uh, once we get going, I think things will just pick up more and more, and then uh, we'll get some, uh, you know, some, you know, we get the fans back, and 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 before you know, uh, you know, we'll be we'll be running with it, you know, normal. So, I I feel very positive about it. What do you think is the bigger shock? The fact that the cart series split in '96, the fact that they got back together in the late 2000s, or that Roger Penske's at the helm now. I think, you know, everyone has got a little bit of shock factor, you know, <laughs> it, uh, but uh, the positive shock was uh, Roger uh, you know, making this move. I thought that was the best uh, Christmas present for all of us. Uh, I was one of the first ones that, that at least he told me that, that he called uh, the morning before he was going to make the official announcement. And, uh, and I, uh, I I celebrated that day. I think I thought that uh, that was a really positive move. Is there a chance if he called you again that maybe you would uh, step up and join him in the running and the operation of open wheel racing in America? No, I I really don't want a job in that respect. Uh, and uh, if he says, uh, would you drive one of my cars, that would be different, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> to have an office and all of that and uh, having to report, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll be a supporter in a different way. I'll always uh, support the series for in every way that I can. Uh, I love that so much. And uh, as you know, I... As a dad, I have, uh, as a dad, a grandfather, I have a lot of skin in the game, you know, with Michael, his team, and then, uh, you know, with Marco, the visit driver. So, um, again, a lot of reasons to be uh, very close to it and, um, and keep, uh, you know, in any possible way contributing. Over the 20 years of us doing this thing, the thing that attracted us to you was you – Figuratively, you were giving the middle finger to people and doing it your way and winning championships and winning races and saying what you wanted to say, regardless of who you offended or who you impressed. When we started Speed Freaks in June of 2000, that's how we started. 
And a lot of people took offense to it, but with Stat and Crash and special guests like yourself, we continued to trudge through it and prove that we belonged here. And it, it takes a lot of metal to prove to people, whether you're winning championships or bringing on radio affiliates, that you belong here because you're different, Mario. Well, I mean, uh, I, I've been known to have, uh, to have a big mouth, obviously, like you said, because <laughs> I speak my mind and especially on things that I really believe in. And uh, so, you know, when we're talking about the, the racing world as I know it, we're talking about uh, so, so many careers, you know, there's uh, uh, so much that, uh, that, that can be gained or lost, to be lost, you know, by doing the wrong things. And uh, so anytime that I feel that uh, something in my own, you know, uh, mind is, is going wrong, I'll, I'll just speak my piece, you know. And uh, so that's why I was not very popular uh, during the split, you know, with the, you know, with the cart and uh, the IRL. But uh, at the same time, uh, I think, uh, uh, you know, what happened after that bears the fact that uh, it was the wrong thing to do. But how do you, how did things come back together then? Because like you said, you, you were obviously on the cart side and, helping Newman Haas racing and, and, and seeing things from that angle. But I didn't realize that you became unpopular, so to speak. That's, that's kind of shocking to me, even if you did speak your mind. So what was it then that led your son, Michael, his team back and therefore you as well? Well, I think uh, the things started going forward when, uh, when it became one, you know, when uh, they stopped uh, uh, trying to, to, uh, to, you know, to, uh, to be uh, to, to live the same <laughs> in other words uh, uh, when you have both uh, series pulling for the same thing cart had, had uh, all the you know the good races except that they didn't have indy uh, the mm-hmm. had indy and nothing else and uh, mm-hmm. so either side had uh, you know either side only had 50% if you will and it wasn't until that uh, you know that the reason prevailed and 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 the whole thing came one became one that uh, we started going in the right direction, and that's what it took. But uh, meanwhile, a lot of damage was done. And uh, mm-hmm. so uh, to, you couldn't just pick up from there and say, okay, everything is back together. And uh, because uh, I think from that standpoint, uh, NASCAR always, you know, that they, uh, they made a big leap forward uh, uh, by, you know, Tony giving them uh, the Indianapolis, uh, brought them to mainstream immediately, and they took advantage of it. I mean, kudos to them. Uh, but uh, it, they marginalized uh, the R-Series, IndyCar Series, uh, in that respect. And as uh, you can see, the way the crowds were and so on and so forth. So, um, again, uh, we pay the price. And, uh, and, you know, slowly, I think a lot of things are coming back. Uh, uh, definitely in, in our direction. Uh, I think the series from the standpoint of the product is probably as well positioned as ever. Uh, the talent that's there uh, today um, is to me second to none right down the field. When you look at the, uh, the veterans are, are still young enough, you know, the, the champions are still young enough to be there uh, for a long time. And then you have some young talents that uh, represent the strong future. So, um, and that's everything, you know. So, uh, again, it's just a matter of now just uh, getting to racing. And, uh, and again, we have uh, the, the right person, the right group. Uh, we know with Roger 
and his team uh, to lead us, um, just like they did. I mean, Roger was uh, uh, part of uh, forming CART, you know, where USAC yeah. was going nowhere. Uh, and, uh, and he brought uh, CART, you know, to the forefront. And, uh, you know, at one point, uh, uh, the CART series was televised in 120 countries, you know. So, um, again, you know, we were we were the 900-pound gorilla. I mean, uh, Formula One in the early, uh, you know, in, in 1990s, uh, they, they, they were envious of CART, you know. So, and things changed dramatically after that. Mario, last year was your 50th celebration of your Indy 500 win in 1969. You had so many people doing so many tributes to you. What was one or two that really stood out, maybe emotionally or or funny-wise? Well, anyway, I, all of it. I mean, just just being there and uh, and feeling that all of a sudden, uh, you know, somebody remembers, you know, that uh, uh, I raced, I mean, I won here 50 years ago. So that was a compliment in, in itself. But uh, the whole month of May was just phenomenal. And uh, and just even, uh, you know, receiving the baby Borg and all of that, uh, you know, was a big thing because, um, you know, all I had to show for it was a plaque up to then as far as the trophy. Uh, so, um, it, it, like I said, that there were so many things that uh, I thought that really touched me uh, in so many ways. And I think uh, the exhibit at the museum uh, we topped it all, you know, what they did there um, and uh, the participation from so many people that uh, still own cars that uh, that I drove and the displays there were really, uh, you know, amazing, quite honestly. So uh, the museum really did a phenomenal job. And oh, no, we're not done with Mario. The second part with Mario Andretti and who he thinks currently in the IndyCar series is destined for Formula One, or who should be. That's next, Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. After your engine, the transmission is the second most important component of your car. If you maintain it, it will shift properly and get you down the road without problems. But if you don't maintain it, problems are coming your way. Lucas Transmission Fix can clean and lubricate sticking valves and renew worn bands to make your transmission shift properly and stop leaking. It's compatible with all transmissions and transmission fluids lucas transmission fix it works hey you want the easiest car care ever right there's a couple lucas oil products you got to get your hands on one lucas slick mist fast and easy speed wax two tire and trim shine and three interior detailer it's better than anything on the market so this is what you do you spray the speed wax on a wet or dry surface you wipe it off and you're done you think you can handle that Lucas Interior Detailer rejuvenates interiors, and Lucas Tires and Trim Shine does wonders on tires and wheels. Lucas Slick Mist. It's easy. It works. Go to lucasoil.com for more information. 
Hey, it's Crasher from the Freaks. If someone's cooking burgers, I want a unique flavor. And there's only one that truly hits the spot. Bubba Burgers Jalapeno or Sweet Onion Burgers. And it's straight from your local grocery store. There's even reduced fat and turkey Bubba Burgers. How about an Angus Bubba Burger? Basically, there's not a better burger to throw on the grill for your weekend parties than a tasty juicy mouthful of Bubba Burger. Again, available in your grocery store. You'll never bite a better burger than a Bubba. Introducing Lucas Oil Racing TV, your exclusive unlimited 24-7 motorsports app. Now you can watch all your favorite motorsports anytime, anywhere. Get the finest in grassroots racing, national events, live coverage, behind-the-scenes action, and interviews you won't see anywhere else. There's also automotive how-to shows and some of motorsports' biggest names like Dave Despain, hosting the legends and current superstars of racing. For more information, visit lucasoilracing.tv. Lucas Oil Racing TV. Grab it and hold on tight. Freak Nation, you're always open to a party, right? Well, Lucas Oil can satisfy your party, Jones, with the Lucas Oil Tailgate Party. It's a daily Facebook campaign dedicated to you, the race fan who's stuck at home. And yeah, you need a racing fix. It's free racing every day at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Lucas Oil's Facebook page. You'll find circle and oval track racing like ARCA and Modifieds, Lucas Oil Off-Road Racing Series, Lucas Oil American Sprint Car Series, and much more. So head to Lucas Oil's Facebook page, give it a big thumbs up, and get free racing every day. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. We continue on with the second part of Mario Andretti. Caught up with him on our 20-year anniversary, June 25th. Hit it, stat man. I want to bring another memory out because I've told this story many times of you driving your uh, Lotus that you won the championship in, that uh, it was at Watkins Glen, and you got in the car and were driving it with just a helmet and a windbreaker, and uh, they tried <laughs> to slow you down and saying that hey, that's too fast. And he said, well, you got to get something, do what you have to do, but I'm about to go faster. Do you remember that story? Is that, is that real? Well, th- that's the problem. You know, when I'm asked to to get into a sort of a vintage car, if you will, and in this case, you know, it was something that uh, I was familiar with. And, uh, um, and, and so basically what I, you know, they, they had a, the worksheets, you know, from, uh, from that car from, you know, from when I drove it, but, uh, they couldn't run the, the, the skirts. So I was out there and I, I just figured, you know what, I'm going to set this thing up for, uh, for uh, uh, was it Dayton? Uh, yeah, I think it was Duncan Dayton. Duncan Dayton, yeah. Yes. I would say. Duncan Dayton. And, uh, and, and so I kept going. I said, well, we have no safety, no corner work. I said, just, just don't worry. <laughs> you know, but uh, <laughs> We kept going faster and faster with that thing because I just, uh, you know, I just started working on ride heights and the low points, you know, some of the things that I knew that worked. And, and, he went, and even out there, I think he he was winning some races after that. I make it, it made it a lot easier for him. So I had a lot of fun doing that. I got one, Mario. I think it was 1977, Long Beach. You won that race, that Formula One race, right? Yes, I did, yes. What do you remember from that race and that time of running the downtown streets of Long Beach outside of the 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 uh, adult bookstores on the corner? And what do you remember about that race back in 77? 
Well, a couple of things. I mean, uh, it's always important, you know, I knew that I had a competitive car and uh, for uh, any driver in Formula One to be able to win uh, your home Grand Prix is a big feather on the cap, you know, because it's obviously a very international series and there's something very special about that. So uh, that was one. And then uh, the fact that, uh, you know, I chased uh, Jody Schechter, you know, the entire race, basically, and he was so much quicker than me on the straightaway. And, and so, uh, you know, on the braking was going to be daunting. And I studied and studied and studied. And I figured it's going to be do or die on the last lap. And then that's and I went from six to first, you know, going into and uh, and it just and I think as a photo is looking at me, you figure, holy mackerel, where the heck did you come from, you know? But uh, somehow it worked, and uh, it was incredibly satisfying. And then what was more satisfying also about that the season in itself was the fact that later on uh, I won the Italian Grand Prix as well. So. I won my home Grand Prix and also my native Grand Prix, uh, you know, and a lot of people didn't realize it. Even just a couple of years ago, I realized that myself. I said, oh, you know what? <laughs> a great uh, couple of races there for me. And um, But uh, things like that are, are very, very meaningful. And uh, Long Beach has been uh, really good to me, as you know, uh, not, not just that, but uh, Indy cars as well. And and, uh, you know, just even the first race there, I was there for the first race with Formula 5000, you know, with one pole, and then we led, we broke a half shaft. But, I mean, uh, uh, great memories. And then Long Beach being uh, the first uh, uh, IndyCar win for Michael as well. So as a family, as you can see that, um, you know, we got derived uh, a lot of wonderful things from, from that event. And I loved, I just loved going there. Just another one was so sad that, um, you know, been canceled for this year. But, uh, uh, yeah, it, uh, looking back, uh, you know, a lot of pleasant and wonderful memories for sure. Well. <laughs> Give us another crazy track story. I mean, you're talking about how you're out there going nuts, no safety workers. Give us something else that you can, well, that's, I guess, radio friendly. Well, I, I don't know about crazy stories. Uh, the, the one thing that I resist is uh, really uh, I'm asked, different times, uh, you know, to get into some of these older cars and so forth. And I was in uh, in Donington in England uh, some years back and uh, and Lotus had their, the Lotus 49, um, you know, that uh, I drove back in 1968. And uh, and so the problem is when, when I go out, they say, oh, just take it easy. But you don't, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and... And, you know, all of a sudden, I'm thinking, you know what, well, I, I can do the braking a lot later. And uh, Lord and behold, the brakes somewhat failed, actually. There were only one wheel was braking, and I did a couple of 360s. I figured, now I'm going to be killed oh. <laughs> in an exhibition. You know what I mean? <laughs> I gave everybody a thrill. I didn't, I didn't hit anything, you know. But uh, the point I'm making is that's how dangerous it can be sometimes, you know. But... Uh, uh, and that's why I, uh, as, as I say, uh, those races are, uh, vintage races are very much controlled. Like in a first lap, you can't pass anybody. Well, don't tell me about it, you know, if I'm, <laughs> <laughs> so I'd rather stay home, you know, <laughs> seriously, Mario, when you got into racing, and then you started racing in Formula One, like your freshman year, sophomore year. When did you start to gain 
respect from other drivers in Formula One that like this kid's got the chops to to be a big time driver? And and who who showed you the most respect? I should say. Well, Kenny, uh, here's the thing. Uh, I was I was very fortunate because uh, uh, you know I, I tell this story many times, but it's very important uh, regarding Formula One in '65. Uh, as a rookie uh, in Indy, obviously, you know, finished third and, uh, and, and Jim Clark won. And, uh, and of course, I got to, to, to meet him and, and, uh, and uh, Colin Chapman. So uh, at the banquet, um, we were saying our goodbyes. And I said to Colin, I said, uh, Colin, you know, someday I would like to do Formula One. And Colin said, Mario, so when you think you're ready, you call me and I will have a car for you. Can you imagine how I felt that evening? I says, I mean, I was on cloud nine. And uh, three years later, after uh, obviously uh, getting him, you know, doing quite a bit of road racing, I lobbied like crazy at USAC to have uh, road racing. In fact, in 65, in the middle of the season, they had a road race, you know, at the Indianapolis Raceway Park, which I won. It was the only race that I won that year, and I won the championship, actually. Uh, you know, my, my rookie, my rookie year. And, and then in 66, 67, 68, you know, they had more and more road races, you know, including the Riverside. We had uh, San Jovit, Mossport. Uh, and uh, so anyway, uh, in all those road races, I, I really, really, I just wanted to, you know, go for it. And there was a lot of it was between Dan Gurney and myself, quite honestly. And, uh, and then, but what helped me was uh, that Ford, GT program, the Le Mans program, because I got to do so much uh, uh, testing and so forth. And and I felt in 68, I felt, uh, I think I want to give it a go. And uh, and I felt I wanted to do the last two races of the season, Italy and Watkins Glen. And Colin said, yes, got you. And uh, in Italy, set up a test. And um, uh, one week before, Chris Amon was there with Ferrari. And as soon as I got into Formula One, I really, really felt right. It felt good for me. Uh, just the, the agility of the car, the response, you know, lighter, braking, everything. I figured, oh, my God, this is really nice. And because uh, up to now, I'd driven heavy sports cars and the Indy cars, obviously, are not as agile and as nimble as Formula One on the road course because of the fact that, you know, they're very versatile cars. But uh Anyway, uh, I did well there, and but in but uh, the problem with uh, in Italy. If you want me to ramble on, I'll tell you the story. Oh, it's great! Mm -hmm. Please do. With, it, with Italy, uh, uh, I had to come back that the Saturday before the race uh, to run the Hoosier Hundred because I was going for the championship. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, and there to be able to qualify. Uh, Quick, we go. I only had, you know, there they had four practice periods, and uh, the fastest time of any of those periods, Friday or Saturday, was your qualifying in those days. So I only had the first session on Friday to qualify it, and I got Bobby Unser. I got him arrived with BRM, and, and so he and I could do some slipstreaming to get the speed in. And actually, when we left there, I was 1.7 seconds quickest, but. Uh, by the time it was over, I was seventh on the grid. And uh, Bobby and I had to come back to the States. Um, we, you know, obviously afternoon plane and and uh, and we ran the Hoosier 100. I finished second to Foyt and we went back to Italy and uh, we got there an hour before the race. And uh, 
<laughs> and uh, my car was on the grid. It was services, I told you. And then there was a protest. There was a protest where, uh, and we think it, I can't, I, I never could certify, but I think it was Ferrari that protested because Colin Chapman was at the meeting and he couldn't speak a word of Italian. So, you know, he was, <laughs> and, uh, so they did not let us start. So uh, the long and the short is uh, my absolute debut was Watkins Glen, you know, a couple of weeks later. And, uh, and of course, I never, a lot of people thought, oh, it's your home track. I never seen the Glen. I never, you know, the first time actually I was on it was uh, with a race car. And, uh, and I put the car on pole, you know, so you talk about, you know, gaining some respect. Uh, that was a good start for me, as you can imagine, because uh, who was second to me was Jackie Stewart. Because, you know, I, I think especially, you know, in American drivers uh, don't rate very well, you know, in the eyes of, uh, of a lot of the European teams. But uh, it's all about proving yourself, you know. Uh, it's the, the onus is on, 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 on any of us, you know, to do it. And the fortunate, great thing about uh, my experience is that uh, I was fortunate enough to be with top teams. You know, when I, when I drove for Lotus, you know, I, uh, uh, I had, you know, that car had, uh, you know, it was the potential, you know, to do that. But they felt great because, you know, my teammate, uh, uh, you know, Graham Hill at the time, he was fourth, you know, in a bit. And, uh, and so that was a good thing for me. Um, then uh, the first race that I won in Formula One uh, was for Ferrari in South Africa. And, um, and then a couple of weeks later, uh, and, then, and then here again, Jackie Stewart finished second there. And, and he was basically the yardstick at the time, you know, and uh, like Floyd was when I broke into IndyCars. And, and then a couple of weeks later, I had a non-championship race in uh, Ontario, California, with a, a two 100-mile heats. And and, uh, and there, you know, there I, I had, um, it was on a Sunday, but on a Saturday, I was uh, running an IndyCar race in Phoenix. <laughs> had to, so I had to qualify, and really it was in a hurry, and qualifying Lothar Mochenbacher. I don't know if you remember that name, uh, it's like Ken Ham and so forth. He, um, I was trying to pass him, you know, while we're qualifying, he put me out in the gravel and, and, I, and I got into the guardrail and I did some damage to the front. So uh, the bottom line is I had to start last and, uh, and I won that. I won the first heat and then, <laughs> and, 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 and Jackie Stewart finished second and I won the second heat. And Jackie Stewart finished second. And, you know, everyone was there, including uh, there were Formula 5000 cars driven by AJ. Um, I think uh, uh, Bobby Unser actually, uh, uh, the Formula 5000 cars were very quick. And uh, I know that uh, Mark Donahue finished third in that race, believe it or not. And they had the Formula One teams there, you know. So, again, uh, I had some great times, in, you know, only because I was with the top team. Uh, that's why I would just love to see someone, some youngster like uh, Colton Herder, and we talk about it. Uh, and he he has his sights to Formula One, obviously, uh, as you know. He, he he was in Europe, you know, racing with fifteen years fifteen years of age by himself. You know, he was still going to school, and, and uh, he knows most of the tracks there. And that kid's got something special going for him, and. Uh, 
And I would love to see him get a try with the, one of the top teams, not, you know, not with the, you know, the middle of the field team. Uh, uh, that's the whole trick. You know, if we could get a, if you get a test with a Ferrari, Red Bull or Mercedes, that would be the way to evaluate an American driver to go there because quite honestly, you know, with the Coda, with having the Grand Prix here solid uh, for the foreseeable future, uh, would be so awesome for Formula One, I, even not, not just uh, uh, for America to be represented as a, you know, with a driver, but also for Formula One to have an American driver there. I think it would do wonders to, uh, to increase the fan base, quite honestly. Um, I think the timing would be great right now, quite honestly. And uh, not that I want to take uh, away from Michael's team, you know. Right. <laughs> when we talk about it, I think, you know, Colton's got a lot of racing ahead of him. But I just uh, I just pick one that I, I think, I just have a feeling they would be one to really carry the ball properly. From Mario to Statman, Statman, does Colton Herta have a shot at Formula One? I don't think so. I, I, I would doubt it. He needs a lot more seasoning. I know Colton Herta came to one of our uh, 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 promotions here in Southern California at the speed zone, drove the guard at the gate crazy, but uh, he's, he, you can't get into formula one, just having one good season in open wheel racing in the United States. He, he needs to have either a lot more money than he's going to bring to the table, or he's got to have a lot more experience. Uh, and he doesn't have, I don't think he has either right now. And coming up in the second hour, Freak Nation, more Formula One conversation in regards to your six-time champion, Lewis Hamilton, coming out and putting a beat down on that old-ass man that ran Formula One for, frankly, too many years, Bernie Ecclestone. Big second hour of the Freaks. Coming up, Speed Freaks Fits and the Lucas Oil Studio. Sports Radio, redefined. from the Lucas Oil Studios. Driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio redefined with Kenny Sargent. We love to party. Crash Gladys. What are we doing for the bachelorette party? And Statman. I am serious. Here's the Freaks. Second hour of the Freaks Freak Nation, Jade Gersh. They're, frankly, to be honest, from my opinion, from the chair that I sit in right now, to the car that I was driving last night, to the beach that I hope to get out to tomorrow, there's not a better PR person on the planet. Certainly not the best looking, but the oh, not a better <laughs> PR person. And what I mean by that 
He is so well-rounded. He knows the terrain in NASCAR and motorsports and sports cars. IndyCar, sports cars, feeder series. Yeah, you name it. He worked numerous years with Dale Earnhardt, Jr., that is, driver number eight, a book that was out many years ago. He's got a new book out in regards to our good friend. John Andretti. It's called Racer. And yes, of course, John Andretti lost his life earlier this year. He lost his battle with cancer. And it, it was just a really tragic story. But this interview gets into how the book went down and how John was inviting Jade Gers into his basement as weak as John was himself. Yet he still wanted to tell these stories. And that's just that's just freaking John Andretti, always wanting to just do something for the people and, and just you know, let's just get the story out there. Maybe I can help somebody in, in, in telling one of these stories. Wow. Yeah, Jade Gersh will be joining us coming up in about 15 minutes. You don't want to miss that story. Statman, this was a jam-packed stock car, NASCAR, trucks, Xfinity, Cup Series weekend. Uh, no practice, well, no fans, very little fans. Are you liking these compact weekends? That's the first question. And two, not do you hope, but do you think something will come out of this for next year's schedule in regards to shortening the race weekends? I think the only thing that should come out of this year is fewer races and shorter races. Everything else is secondary to that. They've got to fit into the new uh, mindset the new television mindset, we can't have five-hour races anymore, and we can't have races delayed by TV where uh, TV is going to turn around and say, yeah, we can't be standing by for six hours while you guys decide. So uh, the, the only thing that can come out of this season is shorter races and fewer races, and I don't know if that's going to happen. And I got to be honest, Freak Nation, this week was the first time in a long time that I logged on, as the old kids say, to the NASCAR press conferences. And the significance of that to you probably doesn't mean Jack, but to me, it meant a lot. I heard a name, excuse me, I heard a voice from Steve Phelps that sounded compassionate, meaningful, and open in regards to Bubba Wallace, the social justice moving forward that NASCAR intends to take, Confederate flag, the noose, his apology, he could have used alleged. The vast majority of words that came out of his mouth, I felt them. And I felt the hurt, slight embarrassment from him when he was asked certain questions from those in the press. That's why I am a somewhat of a believer that Steve Phelps, at least right now, is the right man to front NASCAR and to drive it in the right direction. How quick can he get it there? I have no idea. Because re regardless of what he's saying, you know that there are people trying to pull him back into some of the old ways of, of NASCAR. Stat, I don't know if you had a chance to log on to hear some of those conversations or if you, if you saw any of the quotes from Steve Phelps. But damn it, frankly, of our 20 years of doing this thing, I have never, ever heard a president of NASCAR. Or a president of any motorsports series. Right. Sound like this, Dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the issue, I read some of those quotes, 
And I think there are several issues that are going on here. One, he'd like to change the face of NASCAR, the direct, certainly the direction of NASCAR. And I think with all the corporate America saying Black Lives Matter, we've got to change, we can't go on the way we were, he's got to go to these people and ask them for millions of dollars. And he can't take the, uh, the, the NASCAR of the past into that boardroom and expect to get money because those people don't want to be associated with anything that's going to keep people of color from buying their product off the shelf. So he has to change. Television uh, is going to force him to change or they're not going to fork up billions of dollars for him to have his racism. Speed Freaks. We promise to suck less. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined. The Freaks. Freak Nation. Welcoming in another round of affiliates. A big round of affiliates here in the Freak Nation as we celebrate our 20 years of the Freaks. Thank you guys for being a part of this big old thing. Thank you, General Tire, for being a part of this. Thank you, Lucas Oil. General Tire bring you this segment. You got a big fat SUV, big old Ford truck. What about it? Ram. Get yourself some General Tires on that bad boy. Statman, we were talking about this before we went to the affiliates about really the changing of, of NASCAR. And really, it's a it's a dawning of a new age that, frankly, has to change. As you were saying, Stat, it has to change due to the millions and billions of dollars that continues to float around with sponsorship and network pricing, Stat. You're absolutely right, Kenny. There, there's, if a company says, we agree in the commercials that you're seeing on television from banks, from uh, all sorts of uh, corporate reality, they're not going to want to hear NASCAR bringing Confederate flags and nooses into their boardroom. They want they would want nothing to do with that reality because uh, people will picket them if they uh, find out that they're supporting that with their advertising dollars. Television is the same way. They're going to want billions from television, and uh, they're not going to get it if they take the old NASCAR reality into that boardroom. And the bottom line, it goes beyond dollars and cents. It, well, it, not necessarily cents. It goes to just common sense. Oops. NASCAR finally, with Steve Phelps at the helm, realizes what is right and what is not right in this world. And he is willing to put himself out there and, and be completely transparent, admit mistakes when they happen, in order to move the series into the 21st century. So, yeah, kudos to NASCAR and to Steve Phelps for getting things on a better direction. Freak Nation celebrating 20 years, June 25th, last week, 2000. And we did it with Mario Andretti. Did you miss that interview last hour? Go to our website, speedfreaks.tv. We'll have it up there for you. But the full video interview, we'll have it up on our social media pages coming up this week. In moments, Jade Gers, a fantastic PR person with NASCAR, who's worked with Dale Earnhardt Jr., got a new book out called Racer. On John Andretti. He joins us next, Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined.
Hey, it's Crasher from the Freaks, and what if I told you the best burger you can buy to cook on your grill or stovetop? It was available in your favorite grocery store. Well, it is, and it's Bubba Burger. Just how awesome does a sweet onion Bubba Burger sound about now? Oh, my favorite, jalapeno burgers, Angus burgers, all-natural Bubba Burgers. Watching your caloric intake? Then grab the reduced fat and the turkey Bubba Burgers, all in your local grocery store. When you need a delicious burger for your weekend cookout, the answer is Bubba Burger. You'll never bite a better burger than a Bubba. The summer, it's quickly approaching, and General Tire wants to put some money back in your pockets. Because now, through April 30th, with the purchase of four new qualifying General Tire passenger tires, you'll receive up to a $70 Visa prepaid gift card. Choose from the summer ultra-high-performance G-Max RS, the all-season ultra-high-performance G-Max AS05, and the all-season touring Altimax RT43 lines. So prepare to prove that anywhere is possible this summer with General Tire. For more information, visit GeneralTire.com. General Tire, driving speed freaks for 20 years car not performing right a dirty fuel system damages gas mileage and even your engine over time but lucas fuel treatment can clean and lubricate that fuel system the fuel pump fuel injectors even carburetors and valves as you drive it's designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines lucas fuel treatment it works mav tv your destination for all things motorsports TV home to all of the Lucas Oil Motorsports. MAV-TV televises off-road, modifieds, motocross, pro polling, and World Rally Championships, to name a few. MAV-TV is also home to the favorite enthusiast shows, such as My Classic Car, Chop Cut Rebuild, Full Custom Garage, Gears, and much more. MAV-TV is available nationwide on DirecTV, Verizon, and on most cable providers. Visit MAVTV.com for more racing information and to demand your MAV-TV. The Texas Roadkill, the San Francisco Swallows, and the Arizona Pricks? Yeah, I got your attention now, don't I? These aren't real sports teams, but they are some of the most creative. Funny sports logo t-shirts from awesome sports logos. Each team has a history, a meaning behind it, like the New Orleans Curse or the Nashville Bootleggers. And these t-shirts, they are awesome, with the highest quality, 100% cotton available, and are ridiculously soft. Grab your favorite city's t-shirt now at awesomesportslogos.com. That's awesomesportslogos.com, and get awesome. Introducing Lucas Oil Racing TV, your exclusive unlimited 24-7 motorsports app. Now you can watch all your favorite motorsports anytime, anywhere. Get the finest in grassroots racing, national events, live coverage, behind-the-scenes action, and interviews you won't see anywhere else. There's also automotive how-to shows and some of motorsports' biggest names like Dave Despain, hosting the legends and current superstars of racing. For more information, visit lucasoilracing.tv. Lucas Oil Racing TV. Grab it and hold on tight. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Rick Nation coming up, Jade Gerst. Been in the business, motorsports business, for 25-plus years. A decade-plus with Dale Earnhardt Jr. Authored a book called Driver Number 8. New York Times bestseller there. Uh, a new one that's coming out in regards to John Andretti that I'm sure will shoot up in the top of the New York bestselling list called Racer. He'll be joining us for a couple of great segments. The insight that this guy brings is bonkers. I brought this up, was at the end of the top of the first hour, Crasher, in regards to Lewis Hamilton? End of the top? 
End of the top. Holy smokes. Yeah, the end of the first hour. Yep. Yes. Bernie Ecclestone, who has nothing to do with Formula One anymore. Let me repeat that. Nothing to do with Formula One anymore. His chief whatever title expired in January of this year. However, in typical 2020 fashion, decided to spout his mouth off on CNN recently. So, yes, you did tease that at the end of the last hour. Uh, and Statman, I think in, in our little pre-show meeting that we pretend to have every freaking Sunday night, I think you said it best when Formula One needs to stir the pot or somebody wants to stir the pot with Formula One, just go to Bernie Ecclestone to stir the pot. Yeah, just let him talk a little bit. He was throughout his career, and you can only say it was brilliant. He he expanded F1 globally. But throughout his career, he's always said something that was on the edge. Uh, he said something about women, that they should be dressed in white because they're as valuable as an appliance or something like that. Yeah. He, he always has something crazy to say. So if you want something to talk about for a month and things are slow – just patch into Bernie. He's always talking off to the side. Just patch into him and hear what he has to say, and he'll give you some uh, some some terrible stuff to talk about for a month or so until it's all gone away. So let's discuss in the few minutes that we have here in the Freak Nation. Let's review for people that may not know. Bernie Ecclestone was a guest on CNN this week, and he praised Lewis Hamilton, six-time champion, and yes, he is a black driver. He praised Lewis Hamilton for his leadership on the issue of Black Lives Matter and wanting to set up a commission with the a, a commission with Formula One with the aim of increasing diversity in all of motorsport. Here's his quote, because listen to how the quote changes towards the end on how he goes to downplay the effect that any sort of commission like that would have on Formula One. Bernie Ecclestone said, I don't think it's going to do anything bad or good for Formula One. It'll just make people think, what is more important? I think that's the same for everybody. Well, what the hell? Somebody's not the same as white people, and black people should think the same about white people. In lots of cases, black people are more racist than what white people are. Let that resonate well, that, a little bit. Yep, that was Bernie Ecclestone. That man? Yeah, that in itself... Racism comes from a position of power. Doesn't do any good for me to to not like white people because I don't have any power to cause any change in their life. So it's it's he doesn't understand, and he's an old man. He's an and sometimes when you hear things like this, he's an adult old man. He's a billionaire, but he's an adult old billionaire. So uh, anybody that takes him seriously doesn't understand what's at stake. F1 was quick to distance itself from Ecclestone's comments, and they said this, at a time when unity is needed to tackle racism and inequality, we completely disagree with Bernie Ecclestone's comments that have no place in Formula One or society. Mr. Ecclestone has played no role in Formula One since he left our organization in two in 2017, his title chairman emeritus oh, there it being is. honorific expired January 2020. In other words, what Chase Carey, who is the successor of Bernie Ecclestone and the rest of the dudes and women in Formula One are saying is, uh, old man, will you just go back into your cave and just crap the bed somewhere else so we don't have to listen to your happy ass? And I like how Lewis Hamilton added, it makes complete sense to me now that nothing was said or done to make our sport more diverse or to address the racial abuse I received throughout my career. 
if someone who had run the sport for decades has such a lack of understanding of the deep-rooted issues we as black people deal with every day, how can we expect all the people who work under him to understand? It starts at the top. So, like we said with Steve Phelps and NASCAR, that top position has changed. Let's just hope now that Formula One's top position has changed because starting at the top, change needs to be better moving forward. Statman, that Monday afternoon when they resumed the race at Talladega. Oh, so back to NASCAR. Back to NASCAR. I'm, I'm, I'm going, back a, going back about a week. There was an instance where the drivers, the team owners, crew members, were all pushing Bubba Wallace's car to the front. And if they weren't pushing the car, they were at least following in uh, line after line after line after line. It was very emotional for a lot of people, emotional for me. Uh, regardless of what was or wasn't found with the noose, how did you take that? I think it was, I, I think it, it's a giant step in the right direction. Even if somebody in that crowd might have tied that knot, it's still a giant step in the right direction. Just Richard Petty, who is one of the names in all of sport that transcends his sport, he said that nobody could work on his team that would uh, you know, kneel at the national anthem or do any of several things that the uh, protesters would do. Richard Petty has grown quite a bit through all of this. Right. He walked side by side with uh, Daryl and hugged him when Daryl was showing some emotion after the uh, they pushed his car there. So Richard Petty is an old man who has grown where obviously uh, Bernie Ecclestone hasn't. And I think going back to Formula One, I think if Formula One would let uh, uh, Lewis Hamilton take a lead in being the spokesperson for the entire sport, maybe even take some of that uh, lead that Ecclestone used to take, I think uh, Formula One could grow an awful lot behind that and become something more when it goes to countries where people of color run things. We got about two and a half minutes here, and this brought back a memory. And I don't—I I probably shouldn't get into the story because I'd like to elaborate more. But, but let me bring this up before I forget it. I believe it was fifth grade, and there was a, a black kid in our school, Franklin Bradshaw. Man, he was an athlete. Dude was so fast, just a and, and a good, good, good dude, man, all around. And we had our elementary track and field day. And there weren't many black kids in the track and field day. And, and I remember this, frankly, that his mother wasn't going to let him run in, at, on our team in, on, at Carrollton Elementary for whatever reason. I don't remember. It wasn't going to let him run. And then maybe the PE teacher talked to his mom. But he ended up running. And I... I I remember sitting up at the stands and watching Franklin Bradshaw run at 220 or something, run this race, and I was bawling my eyes out. Just I, I didn't know if I understood really the, the, the whole concept of that in the you know late 60s, early 70s of significance of him running and winning that race. I think it was probably more just the fact that his mom caved in and said, you know what, I'm going to let my boy run and kick some, <laughs> kick some ass. She was trying to protect him. 
I, I guess. I don't know, but it I, that memory came back to me. When I saw all those white people surrounding Bubba Wallace for a great cause, regardless of how each of them felt, just the whole semblance or, or, or uh, symbolism of that was special to watch. As a white man in his 50s, I went back to my... I was probably 10 or 11 years old, bawling my eyes out. The fact that Franklin Bradshaw had a chance to run and win those Carrollton relays or track and field days, <laughs> it, it came to me. It was just the, the two extremes that we've experienced over the last three or four months is absolutely bonkers. And to see that Monday afternoon, uh, for me, I know no one asked, but for me was extraordinary. And I never thought that I would see the day. I'm just thankful to be able to build off that for a six-year-old that we're raising yeah. in this has household that she will be able to see and continue to move that ball forward in the right direction. Coming up next, his name is Jade Gersh, 25 years as a PR person in NASCAR, motorsports, not just a PA, PR person, but one of the greatest. Worked with Dale Earnhardt Jr., wrote a book on Dale Earnhardt Jr., driver number eight, has a new book out called Racer on the life of John Andretti. He joins us next, Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. Good evening, my fellow citizens. To provide guidance. Outrage rushed around the world last Sunday when news broke that a noose was found in the garage of NASCAR driver Daryl Wallace, the sport's only black driver. An FBI investigation, however, found that the noose-like knot was in the garage a year before Wallace was assigned the space at Talladega Speedway in Alabama. The freaks were among those who were outraged at the news, but even looking back, I, for one, still have questions about why a noose was used to pull a garage door down. Most garages have a simple knot tied at the end of a rope. Some use a plastic handle that offers more leverage to close a door. It was heartwarming to see so many of Daryl's contemporaries supporting him after news of the noose broke. The question remains, though, why a symbol of hate and death would be used in such an innocuous manner when other options are available. You can't overcome a past when that kind of attitude hovers into sport, Daryl or no Daryl. Peace. All studios coming up in moments. This guy's been a part of our history, and I'm not sure if he's been keeping tabs on how long this thing's been going on. 20 years this month will celebrate Speed Freaks. Author, PR extraordinaire, friend of the Freak Nation, Jade Gers, joining us here in the Freak Nation. And Jade, is that kind of a kick in the nuts for you when you hear that we've been around for 20 years? <laughs> um, you know, I occasionally feel a, a little old, but I, I prefer to think of it as uh, being uh, very experienced. <laughs> so I'll put you guys in that category. <laughs> well, of course, we when we met you, you were working with Dale Earnhardt Jr. as his PR person at the time. And then, of course, driver number eight came out. And we get a shout-out in driver number eight. I, I kept, in our rookie year. <laughs> yeah. I kept, which was badass. I remember the interview and everything that went down with Dale Earnhardt Jr. at that time. I think he was calling in from a hotel and. Southern California getting set for something to do on Fox. I don't remember what it was, but it's been a long time, man, since you've been been a part of our lives. And it's cool to see that you're still active. You have the John Andretti book that's 
that's about to be released, but let's touch on some things prior to the this book coming out. Are you an author first or a PR person first? Um, right now, I would say author, um, mainly because I, <laughs> this is going to sound bad, but um, the the being on the road forty weeks a year, like I was in the NASCAR era. It, it just doesn't have that appeal anymore now that I'm a more mature adult. <laughs> Experienced, so, seasoned. Um, so I, I would say now author slash PR, whereas in the early days it was that was reversed. Is this something that you sought out to do when you realized you had a foothold inside the motorsports world with Open Wheel and NASCAR? Is this something that you sought out to do? to bring to light many different stories in the motorsports industry? No, not really. Um, the original idea for driver number eight was I had been pushing and hoping for sort of a, like a documentary version of Dale Jr.'s rookie year. Um, reality TV at that time had really just started. Um, and so that's what I wanted to do. I think nowadays that would, you know, a lot of people would step up to write that check, but uh, at that time, um, it, that didn't work out. So all of these uh, notes and notepads that I had um, really just Dale Jr. and I one night was like, well, let's turn this into something. Let, let's put these to use in some way. And next thing I know, uh, you know, driver number eight uh, became a book instead of a documentary or a film. Jay Gerson, the Freak Nation. Follow him on Twitter at Jay Gers, G U R S S. You'll learn a lot about the book Racer that he's done with John Andretti. Jay, did that book come from the Andretti family or did you go to them? Uh, I approached John. Um, I, I first met him or first worked with him when Dale Jr. got burned in 2004 in a sports car. And we had John come aboard as a backup driver. And I got to know him better and really realized that th this guy has a brilliant memory and he's a great storyteller. So that that's the background of it. And I had followed his, his battle with cancer and uh, was talking with a friend and it came up, wow, wouldn't John be someone great to do a book with? So I reached out to him and his immediate response was, this would be great because maybe something good can come of this, which he meant um, his cancer, or that we could use a book to educate people about getting a colonoscopy or getting checked early. Uh, he had that program, Check It for Andretti. So that's how, that's how it started. Uh, it took us a while because he went through some unbelievable surgeries and treatments. So we, we sort of had time to discuss it, but he just was not of the health to do it. And finally, mm -hmm. in June of last year, he said, Let, you know, I'm feeling better. Let's do this. So uh, that's how it got started. Whoa. So really picked up steam just June of 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, almost exactly a year ago. So I would go to his home and there really were days when he clearly was not feeling very well. He was going through some kind of experimental treatment uh, for his cancer at that time. And I would go to his house and we would sit in the basement and just talk and 
he would share stories and I would ask questions. And, um, you know, first of all, I'm a race fan. So for me to be able to hear uh, him talk about his career in IndyCar or NASCAR or winning the Daytona 24 hours, uh, it was great for me, but I think it was great for him to be able to share his life and his story. This is so... This is so typical of John Andretti. He's not feeling 100%, but he's still willing to share these stories because of his passion for the sport, but also because he was very well aware of who he was in racing. And he was a big philanthropist and big personality outside of the car, not just in the cockpit. Oh, you're exactly right. You know, he laughs. There's a part in the book where he says, look, I'm not going to be in any Hall of Fame as a race car driver. He understood that his impact was outside of the cockpit. And it just it's amazing how he shared the story of, of how that all came about uh, and his effort to help people. Um, one of the important things about this book is that 10% of all proceeds are going to go to the Riley Children's Foundation, the Riley Hospital, which he had created a program called Race for Riley. He raised more than $4.85 million for them in his life, and he and his family want that to continue. So uh, in line with that, 10% of all the proceeds from the book will go to Riley to help continue helping uh, the very serious, seriously ill children that they treat uh, at the hospital in Indianapolis. I don't think you need a Hall of Fame when you've got names like Peyton Manning and John Andretti with the Riley Children's Hospital. That's a okay in anybody's book. Yes. Yeah, I'd say as a human, he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, exactly. He's in the Human Hall of Fame. There you go. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. John Andretti's autobiography, Racer, is available for pre-order at octanepress.com. You heard Jade mention that 10% of the proceeds will go to Race for Riley, part of the Riley Children's Foundation that John Andretti set up in Indianapolis. Jade Gers, how do you think people thought about John Andretti? Wasn't as popular as Dale Earnhardt or even Michael Andretti, his cousin. When you talk to people, how did they react about a guy who drove in NASCAR, IndyCar, CART? even top fuel in NHRA. How did they react to John Andretti? Yeah, I really did. And as as an example, um, in the book, we were trying to figure out who could we get to write a foreword for the book. And um, we ended up with more than one, and I think we did pretty well. We have uh, his uncle Mario Andretti, his cousin Michael, uh, a guy you guys might have heard of, A.J. Foyt. Mm. Uh, And then the king of NASCAR, Richard Petty, all four of those gentlemen wrote a foreword for this book. And I I was laughing the other day. This is like the Mount Rushmore of American (laughs) racing heroes. And they all very much wanted to be involved in in John's book. So that's just one example of how well-respected he was. What was it that you found out from those individuals, Jade Gerst, that was the most appealing thing to them about John. I mean, his, he was his, his personality was as attractive as anything that he, he never put anybody on the defensive. He just, he seemed to welcome everyone and everything. He, he showed his heart more often than not. 
Yeah, and it's not only those those four guys, but it's every part of the book. It's called Racer, but honestly, the thread from start to finish is about family. Um, and you know, someone like Richard Petty talked about how the Petty family, you know, really were um, such a huge part of NASCAR. And here's the Andretti family, known for open wheel. And John went from one family to the next to, to become part of the Petty family, uh, you know, and and that's sort of the highlights of what each of these guys talked about. Um, not a lot of people know that that AJ Foyt was John's uh, godfather, and hmm. AJ talked about what a you know what an honor that was. Even though, as he put it, the newspaper kept trying to keep he and Mario fighting uh, through their whole career. So, <laughs> Jade, can you hang around for another segment? I would love to. Author Jade Gers. The name of the book is Racer. Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studio. Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. After your engine, the transmission is the second most important component of your car. If you maintain it, it will shift properly and get you down the road without problems. But if you don't maintain it, problems are coming your way. Lucas Transmission Fix can clean and lubricate sticking valves and renew worn bands to make your transmission shift properly and stop leaking. It's compatible with all transmissions and transmission fluids lucas transmission fix it works hey you want the easiest car care ever right there's a couple lucas oil products you got to get your hands on one lucas slick mist fast and easy speed wax two tire and trim shine and three interior detailer it's better than anything on the market so this is what you do you spray the speed wax on a wet or dry surface you wipe it off and you're done you think you can handle that Lucas Interior Detailer rejuvenates interiors, and Lucas Tires and Trim Shine does wonders on tires and wheels. Lucas Slick Mist. It's easy. It works. Go to lucasoil.com for more information. Hey, it's Crasher from the Freaks. If someone's cooking burgers, I want a unique flavor, and there's only one that truly hits the spot. Bubba Burgers Jalapeno or Sweet Onion Burgers, and it's straight from your local grocery store. There's even reduced fat and turkey Bubba Burgers. How about an Angus Bubba Burger? Basically, there's not a better burger to throw on the grill for your weekend parties than a tasty, juicy mouthful of Bubba Burger. Again, available in your grocery store. You'll never bite a better burger than a Bubba. Introducing Lucas Oil Racing TV, your exclusive unlimited 24-7 motorsports app. Now you can watch all your favorite motorsports anytime, anywhere. Get the finest in grassroots racing, national events, live coverage, behind-the-scenes action, and interviews you won't see anywhere else. There's also automotive how-to shows and some of motorsports' biggest names like Dave Despain, hosting the legends and current superstars of racing. For more information, visit lucasoilracing.tv. Lucas Oil Racing TV. Grab it and hold on tight. 
Freak Nation, you're always open to a party, right? Well, Lucas Oil can satisfy your party, Jones, with the Lucas Oil Tailgate Party. It's a daily Facebook campaign dedicated to you, the race fan, who's stuck at home. And yeah, you need a racing fix. It's free racing every day at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Lucas Oil's Facebook page. You'll find Circle and Oval Track Racing like Arca and Modifieds, Lucas Oil Off-Road Racing Series, Lucas Oil American Sprint Car Series, and much more. So head to Lucas Oil's Facebook page, give it a big thumbs up, and get free racing every day. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Again, the Lucas Oil Studios for 20 years, Freak Nation, June 25th, 2000. That's when we kicked it off with one station in Los Angeles. And now, 20 years later, stations across the country, apps across the planet, Apps didn't exist 20 years ago. Sirius XM. <laughs> uh, you can't escape the Freak Nation. And, of course, the website, speedfreaks.tv. Jade Gers continues with us. John Andretti autobiography by this guy. It's called Racer. It's now available for pre-order at octanepress.com. 10% of the proceeds from the book will go to At Race for Riley, a charity that John started many, many years ago. And, Jade, we've talked a lot about the book Racer. There are other books out there with driver number eight. The Beast. Uh, there was another book on Dale Earnhardt Jr., right? In the Red. Yep, called In the Red. And all of these outside of the Waltrip, Daryl Waltrip book are still in print? That's correct. You might be able to find a used copy of the Daryl Waltrip book, but all the others are still uh, in print. Uh, I'm sure somewhere like an Amazon, you could uh, mm-hmm. pretty much put my name in and uh, find them all for sale there. In your Twitter bio, it says you're a New York Times bestselling author. What the hell does that mean? You see that frequently, and it, it sounds good. Does that mean you sold a certain number of books? What What does that it, mean? You're a best you're, you're a best selling author with the New York Times. It means that uh, when you see the New York Times list, which now it seems like there's a hundred different lists. Uh, <laughs> so, driver number eight, we were number four on the the charts there uh, for sales. Uh, and then with the Daryl Walter book, uh, we made it to the, the bestseller list. So wow. uh, it just means that uh, in that particular week uh, in time, uh, whatever book it was sold enough to be, you know, ranked in the, the top uh, 20 of, uh, of that particular week. So um, they keep their formula secret so you can't sort of mess with it. But uh, that's what that means. That sounds like NASCAR talk to me, and we have some fun with that. When Stop. no, when when, when when a driver says, "Man, I had a top five car or well, top twenty, yeah, top twenty car, I had a top twenty car." Jade Gers had a top four book. <laughs> You'd rather be four than twenty. <laughs> Jade Gers, you've never been one to hide your feelings and social media. Certainly, you haven't hid them from us. But tell us what you could see from. The IndyCar and NASCAR, where a lot of your experience lies, where are we as the country and as the sport in motorsport? What are the drivers talking about? What are they feeling? A lot of change is happening in the culture. Is that same change going on in the garage? What do you see and how does this going to impact uh, the country and the sport itself? You know, I, you know, I, I think what we've seen uh you know like uh like nascar particularly in the past week the the drivers themselves have had uh a huge sort of awakening as far as 
what, what power their voice has when it comes to um, to what social unrest is, is going on. Um, you know, I worked with Dale Jr. for so many years, and I'm just I'm so proud of him for taking his considerable vo- considerable voice and using it to talk about equality and and talk about the uh, the things that society is going through, uh, the drivers that all recorded the message that was shown before the NASCAR race today. I, I just, I think that's wonderful. And I think it's very important uh, for drivers to understand the power of their voice and what uh, impact they can have in a positive way beyond just being athletes. Um and so I'm encouraged by that I, I, on a slightly less serious manner. I also think this, uh, you know, extraordinary times has allowed the fans to see the personalities of a lot of the drivers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the uh, eye racing uh, and the drivers having such a, a, a big social media uh, presence um, has allowed a lot of fans to, to sort of see beyond the helmet or, or you know, the, the, the men and women who are, you know, behind that helmet um, in, a, in a more clear light. Uh, and, and so I think that's very important. That was always, with Dale Jr., the, the important thing in what we tried to do with, with him on interviews or PR was, to, for him to just be real. Don't mm-hmm. try to be something slick or a salesperson for uh, a sponsor. Just be yourself. Be real. Be a human uh, and show real emotion and real uh, views about the world. And I'm encouraged to see that happening uh, more so in these very weird, strange, uncertain times. So um, that that's my two-minute soapbox answer <laughs> to what uh, what I'm seeing uh, in these weird times uh, that are, are in front of us right now. It has been refreshing, especially seeing the younger drivers, whether it's IndyCar or NASCAR or drag racing, to see the younger drivers really take that leap and, and stand up. It seems like they, they were on it before some of the more veteran drivers. So, yeah, that's encouraging for the future. Now, I don't mean to bring this topic down i mean this in a positive way this 2020 has been so strange you brought up i racing and my mind immediately goes to kyle larson he's a good guy he really is i i know he can be better and now with what's gone on over with the riots and the protests since george floyd's death what can kyle larson do or what should he do to be a better person, to come back and show people how much of a mistake he made, but this is what he's doing to correct himself, and he would like to get back to work in racing. Yeah, I, I think he has started the process. Um, in fact, I, I know that, that he was only allowed back in uh, World of Outlaws for, for taking a uh, – uh, I've forgotten what it was called. Basically um, – yeah. Uh, a, a social empathy or, or yeah, sensitivity uh, training or something. Through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's step one. Um, and I, honestly, personally, I'm a huge Kyle Larson fan, but um, you know, what he said was, was terrible. Right. And he's kind of started his way back with the first step. And I, I think he's just going to continue to have to show that he, 
shows empathy and understanding. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think this is a, a lifetime ban for NASCAR. I think he'll be back sooner than later. But, uh, you know, I, I think he's taking it seriously and he's doing what he needs to do to show that uh, he understands uh, what was said. Jade Gers, author. The book is called Racer. It's John Andretti. Pre-order. Follow us on Twitter at Kenny and Crash. Excuse me, at Speed Freaks, and we'll shoot you the link where you can pre-order. And is there something going on with the pre-orders with Racer that some some individuals or an individual may have a chance to spend some time with Mario Andretti? Well, it, it's not quite that great, but uh, <laughs> if you, if, if I, I, I will have to say. The publisher uh, posted a tweet that made it sound like, hey, maybe I'll get Mario's phone number or something. It's not <laughs> quite that good. But uh, if you pre-order from the publisher, we're going to do a special uh, night in, at the near the end of June where if, if you pre-order, you get an invitation to a special online chat with uh, Mario Andretti, uh, Johnson, Jarrett Andretti, and then myself. Um, we're, we're trying to line up a big time host, which uh, I can't say who it is yet, but, uh, it's going to be a time where we're going to join together and remember John and talk racing and, and it's just going to be a fun time. So if you pre-order through Octane Press, that's what you get the invitation to is you can uh, join us on a private uh, video uh, chat and uh, listen in and, and join us with questions and so that, that's what's cool about the pre-orders. But no, you don't get Mario's phone number. <laughs> Jade, we know your relationship with Dale Earnhardt Jr. It's been fun to watch him just develop as a person, as a father, and as a, as a spokesperson for humanity. And I go back to that instance with Richard Childress and Richard Petty, where Richard Petty says, if you, if you take a knee on my team, if I've seen somebody taking a knee on my team, you ought to be kicked out of the country. Richard Childress, I'm going to put you on a Greyhound bus. But during all that, Dale Earnhardt Jr. put out a tweet shortly after that saying, all Americans are granted rights to peaceful protests. That's three years ago, man. Look where we are now. I dare Richard Childress, Richard Petty to say anything like that at this point. It just shows you the evolution. Granted, it's been slow moving, but it just shows you the evolution of NASCAR and these owners when Dale Earnhardt Jr. has had the balls to step up and confront these issues a long time ago. Yeah, he, he's always been good at that. I think in his younger days, uh, in fact, uh, there's a couple of examples in the book Driver Number 8 where uh, he was kind of put in some awkward situations where, uh, you know, people wanted him to express support for the Confederate flag and some other things. And he's definitely matured and, and is just such a strong voice now. Um, I don't have any kids, so I feel like uh, like an older brother with Dale Jr. I'm very proud of the adult that he has become. So, uh, uh, you know, whether you agree with him or not, uh, I, I admire the way he has uh, been able to be open and honest about his views on things. And uh, so, so yeah, I, I'm I'm like the proud older brother and <laughs> how he's been doing. Jade Gers, we could ask Dale, but let's ask you this. Where did it come from? Dale changed the atmosphere in the garage at NASCAR. Even in his rookie and sophomore years in the Cup Series, he introduced rap artists 
to a world that only wanted to hear country people. Even uh, the maybe the, the periphery wanted rock, but he introduced rap to NASCAR. Did that come from his mom, his dad, his sister? Where did Dale get this energy from? It, 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 it's interesting. It's, it's a dumb anecdote, but I, I think it, it showed that he realized some things very early in his life. It used to irritate him when he was a teenager, when people would come up and want his autograph because he felt like they were only asking him because of who his father was. He didn't feel like they were asking because they knew him or they liked him or they appreciated him. And in an odd way to me, that that shows that he wanted to be recognized or accepted as Dale Jr., not as the son of or, you know, recognized for just being, you know, the offspring of a very popular driver. And, and I know that's, a, that's not a, a, a very impactful example, but I think at a young age, he, he sort of that sort of impacted him to want to be his own man, to want to be recognized and appreciated as his own person. Um, and I, I think that was the spark that helped him grow to um, have the strength to be his own, his own person. So, um, so, uh, you know, it, it, it's hard to sort of point and say, well, this is why, and, and these are the 10 reasons why. But, uh, <laughs> but to me, that anecdote always resonated with me as something that irritated him, even as a, you know, as a young young teenager oh how the similarities can be drawn to the andretti family though from that as well <laughs> i'm sure john was yeah. in similar situations john jokes about it uh he one of the, the things he said when we first met he said i thought my first name was other he said <laughs> because i was always the other andretti oh my god and uh so and again there's a uh, several parts of the book where he talks about um being not just the son of someone or the the nephew of someone famous, but someone who was a, a total icon, and what impact that had. And uh, some of my favorite anecdotes are his first trip out of the country. He went to a, a formula driving school in Europe, and how he realized what his last name meant. Um, and there are some great stories uh, from that uh, segment of the book, but. Uh, but yeah, John really looked at it more with honor and humor than than anything else. So uh, he definitely you know, addresses it in in the book. I believe Mario Andretti taught me some bad words in Italian, and it was just awesome. <laughs> I loved it. But I believe that all stemmed from a get together with John Andretti in Italy somewhere. I mean, there's got to be some fantastic Italy stories in the book. There, there are. Uh, we talked earlier about that thread of family, yeah. and and probably about ten years ago, the town where Mario and and John's dad Aldo were born uh, invited Mario back to make him the honorary mayor. And so, yeah, was Mario, that Luca? Uh, the town of Luca? Got, uh, yes which actually is no longer in Italy. It's now a part of what was Yugoslavia. Um, Whoa. And Whoa. so um, 
they decided as a family, I think it was 29 Andrettis decided they were going to all travel together and join Mario in this celebration with uh, uh, him being appointed the honorary mayor. And they all talk about what a, a unifying trip it was and how much John learned about, you know, where his father and his uncle had come from. And, and he just, he soaked it up and he really loved the, the, the fact that he could learn to understand his family more. And, um, and there certainly are, uh, some great stories in the book about, uh, you know, what it meant to grow up as the, the son of an immigrant and uh, oh. that sort of love and connection infuses the whole, the whole book. I, I feel like I talk about it too much because the title is Racer and it is about racing, but mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of family and humanity uh, in there that, uh, that carries through. Freak Nation can't say it enough. He's a great follow on Twitter at Jade Gerst Racer. Up for grabs now for pre-orders. Go to octanepress.com. Jade, great job. We appreciate your work, man. And more importantly, we appreciate what you've meant to motorsports, buddy. Uh, Thank you. Thank you so much. Keep on keeping on, and uh, we'll talk in another 20 years. How's that? Bam. Thanks, Jade. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Freak Nation, we'll do it again next week. As we've done for 20 years, shoot the juice to the moose and stat man. Cut it loose. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined.